Um, to your point, I totally agree. I think Mitch can definitely be using the right, if he's using the right scheme um, for towards his skill sets, it'll be great. Kind of like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, um, you know, with Greg yeah. Roman there kind of drawing up the option. It makes it a lot of success. So that's good to see. All right, let's get, let's get right into it though. Okay, so now you're from Chicago. Are you from South Side, West Side, which part? South Side, Wow Hundreds. Oh, Wow Wow Hundreds, baby. Shit, we talking Chi-Town up in this B, baby. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, Chi-Town, you know, South Side. No better side, you know, in my opinion. Yes, sir. Born yes. and raised. Born and raised. Yeah, let's, let, let's start there. Your early years, you're born and raised in Chicago. Was football your first sport growing up? Um, no, it actually wasn't. It was it was basketball. Um, where I'm from, I mean, we basically played all of them. We played basketball, baseball, um, football. Actually, baseball may have even been before basketball. I was in Cubs care. You know, just neighborhood um, neighborhood, you know, programs that that kind of, you know, right up the street from my house. You know, mm-hmm. so kind of kept me away from a lot of negativity because. You know, right up the street was the park, so I was always there uh, playing some type of sport. Football, I want to say, may have been – football was my last organized sport that I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in sixth grade. Before the end, I, I played organized sports as far as uh, baseball and basketball with Jackie Robinson West. Um, that's pretty known out here in Chicago. Um, and basketball, some of the park districts where – you know, had a little more structure um, and then grammar school and things like that. But football came along sixth grade and, it you know, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it and and kind of took a took a hold to it. And so this is around, you said sixth grade, right? Middle school? Sixth grade. Sixth grade when I first joined the organized uh, football program. I mean, beforehand, you know, you play flag football. Right. Stuff like that. But as far as tackle, organized football. Um, it, it was uh, sixth grade. Can't remember exactly the year, but I just know it was sixth grade. Okay, cool. So you started relatively early, around around twelve, you know, around that, you know, kind of early pre pre high school. So kind of, were you play? Did you play all throughout from sixth to eighth grade before you started high school, or were you kind of off and on? I can say once I started in sixth grade, my first year not playing football was this past season. Twenty twenty. <laughs> love it. Every single year I played football every single year tackle football every single year right until this past year so it was, it was a, a big a big difference i would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. definitely yeah. so talk to me about high school because you went to morgan park high school out there in Southside, correct oh yeah the morgan park high the, school. yeah exactly we have to preface it with the i appreciate reggie keep me honest so yeah. the morgan park high school because y'all kick some serious ass and i know that because i know some dudes from high school who were, who were there, you know, probably after you, but I mean, they obviously look up to you and like they posted Reggie Gray, the goat, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we're not going to debate that on the show. It's, it's Reggie Gray's episode, Reggie Gray, the goat. The goat. So, anyhow. You debate it. You know, yes. person that called themselves the goat, I feel is not even the goat. True. So, um, you know, because it's, it's all personal opinion anyway. Everybody right. thinks they're the best, so everybody's going to say they're the goat. But, you know, it's about what your peers, you know, call you. So, I mean. You know, that's a, that's a whole another topic. Exactly. Nah. <laughs> so you at Morgan Park. Um, did you go straight to varsity or did you go to freshman and JV? How talk to me about your experience when you when you started high school? That 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 was something there. I actually didn't. I, I started off. Um, I went to like the the summer program right before my freshman year. They recruited me. 
mm-hmm. um, to go and and it was the first time I got introduced to weightlifting. Yeah, you know, I never lifted a weight in my life basically up to that point. Um, and when I went in, I basically joined. I didn't get on. It was a freshman team, Farsaw, and varsity. I I played on the Farsaw team, which was basically freshman and sophomore. The better freshman play on the sophomore team, uh, or or circumstance or whatever the case may right. be. So I started off uh, sophomore year. I mean, freshman year on the far side. Uh, the, the the key thing was my sophomore year, I was supposed to go to varsity, which would have gave me uh, a better edge going into my junior senior year. But because I was playing all the sports, baseball, basketball, um, that that summer right before my sophomore year, I broke my ankle. Playing in a, a summer baseball league with the, with the, with Morgan Park High School, and basically destroyed my entire summer um, as far as working out, things like that. So when it came, I want to say I missed the first game or the second game. I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, they didn't think I was ready to go to varsity mm-hmm. um, because of the injury. So it kind of set me back. I had to play so far off another year, um, and then was able to finally get to varsity my junior year. And junior year was, you know, a learning experience of, you know, higher competition, you know, bigger, stronger, faster guys. Uh, so it was kind of a learning year, even though I knew I had the skill. And I also was converting from running back to receiver. Right. Uh, and, and sixth to eighth grade, I was at receiver. When I got to Morgan Park, freshman to sophomore year, they put me at running back. Mm-hmm. And I, I I must say I was, I was very dynamic at running back. <laughs> and I loved running back, and I, I didn't see myself playing any other position except my size. You know, five, seven, 110 pound, <laughs> 20 pound running back trying to play, you know, varsity. Right. It wasn't going to happen. So, their best bet was to convert me to a receiver. So, that junior year was my first year going to receiver where you actually pass the ball. Um, it was a learning experience. And then finally, senior year, in which, you know, basically all that, that was history. I, that was really my big, that was my biggest year. And really when I put my name on the map to even earn a scholarship for college. Um, so it all happened my senior year, you know, won the city championship, played at Soldier Field, you know, where the Bears play at. Yes, sir. You know, um, you know it, it was, it was a good experience. That's why I feel, I feel bad for some, for the Illinois seniors mm-hmm. because I wasn't discovered until my senior year. So a lot of them guys who, because of, because of COVID-19, could not play their senior year. Right. It's sad because they, they didn't have that opportunity to get discovered in which all it takes is one year. Right. You know, which 100%. I was supposed to do. But them guys, I feel for them because that, that's the difference between them going to a junior college, them going to an a, a institution full scholarship, or even a difference from some guys just not even going to college and kind of, you know, falling back into the Chicago streets. So uh, I feel for them. guys. And, and that's a good point you make, because obviously with uh, with COVID, a lot of the kids seniors uh, years have been cut short. And you know, for me, I mean, I, I didn't play in high school, but I went straight to JUCO because I, I didn't play in high school. So that's where I got that's where I got my start. And to your point, and a lot of my friends, my from my college, my college teammates are now coaching at JUCO. Right. And so, I mean, they have a lot of returning sophomores or, you know, incoming freshmen. And there's obviously coaches. I always have coaches, friends who are coaches now at high school who have been on the show. And, you know, to your point, I mean, it's just tough, you know, because a lot of these kids need that one year for that film or, 
you know, for whatever, you know, and, um, you know, they're not able to get that opportunity. So, I mean, it's a very tough kind of situation. Yeah, and it sucks. I mean, in sports, believe it or not, you know, some people, you know, argue about it, but sports have kept a lot of people, um, you know, out of the, the negative limelight, out of the negative things that's going around around them. Especially um, Chicago. Because, yeah, definitely in Chicago because it, you know, it, it takes you away from things that you could be doing wrong. You know, right. because there's so many hours you have to put in, you know, from high school to going to practice. You know, those two hours after school or three hours because of, um, you know, study hall and stuff like that. That's three hours a day away from, you know, what's going on in your neighborhood. You know, that's three hours a day that's that's taking you away from that cross fight, you know, that, that's going on in your neighborhood and stuff like that. So um, I think people take for granted how sports, uh, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do regardless. but just taking that time away from you doing other things is actually, you know, beneficial to a lot of um, young, young uh, black men in Chicago. Yeah. You know, young black men, young men of color living out in the West side, the South side, you know, obviously in Chicago, when I was living West side, you know, a lot of that was prevalent. I've already lost three teammates this past year. Um, and they're all younger than me, all, all in their twenties, you know? So it is what it is. It is what it is, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think I think to your point, I agree, a very strong point. Sports is an outlet, and you can provide mentorship and guidance for young men of color, um, you know, to get away from the life. You know, we also, I guess, on the show, who I played against in JUCO, who kind of were on that path until they got into football in, in, in college, and then they helped them kind of carry themselves to that next level, which was great for them, a development as as men, as men. So, Definitely. yeah, 100%. So, okay, so your junior year, you said, was not your breakout year. Your breakout year was your senior year. And around what time we did you become team captain? Was it your senior year or your junior year? Ooh, um, I want to say it was my it was my senior year because junior yep. year uh, we had we had a lot of veteran seniors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a running back, receiver, a quarterback, Jerron uh, Fields, quarterback. Uh, so they were the captains. So I, I want to say my senior year. My senior year is you know, Coach Sparlock, he's seen. The growth in me, he's seen the determination in me from the offseason program before um, my senior year. And I was named captain, you know, by my peers as well. Right. Uh, you know, because they knew the, the talent that I had. And and it just went from there. Named team captain. And, and that year was able to accomplish a lot of things that, uh, you know, a lot of people can't say that they accomplished. You know, I was all state in three different positions, you know, by three different uh, newspapers. You know, at DB, at kick returner, and at receiver. So, uh, you know, I, I had my hand in a lot uh, that was going on with our program at the time. Not the only one, you know, doing everything, but I had my hand in a lot. And it was something that the, my teammates trusted in me, the coaches trusted in me to, to to help. And we brought the first city championship to Work Park since 1971, and that was yeah. 2001. So yeah. that was 30 years in which, you know, Morgan Park, you know, couldn't sniff a city championship, let alone win it, you know, so we won it. And basically, you know, a year or two before us, it it helped as far as recruiting um, people to the school and stuff like that. But that year, I will always say that that was the turning stone for Morgan Park, because not only did we as as varsity win city championship, Varsity won city championship and freshmen run city championship. So program at that moment had really took its turn. And then all the players that you know of after after that, I mean, they were put in a great position where they just had to come in and ball where, 
Yeah. My year, we have to earn our respect amongst the city. Nobody respected Boulder Park at that time. Right. You know, you had the Hubbard, the Dunbar, the Simeon, uh, Lane Tech, you know, just to name a few. Nobody, CVS, nobody, nobody respected Boulder Park. And at that moment, that was, you know, it was a great moment to actually put Boulder Park back on the map. And, and to your point, yeah, some of the guys came after you. I'm not sure if you know Tim Burhans, but he was there. He was a linebacker for Morgan Park. When you was a freshman, you were a senior. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, he said he said he only lost one game throughout his entire career at Morgan Park, at the Morgan Park. Um, and, and, and the only reason he lost was just because of – because he didn't play. So yeah. I'm curious I'm curious as to you, with that experience, what was your overall record? Did you lose any games at all during that time, or were you guys just undefeated all the way? Oh, no, definitely wasn't undefeated. Uh, my years in varsity, my junior year, I think we we lost four games, five games, something like that. I can't remember. We we went to state, we lost in state, came back down to city, and we lost, lost who did we lose to? Oh, we lost to Lane Tech, out in mm-hmm. Lane Tech my junior year. And I, I remember in the car, I cried like a baby. Uh, because, you know, for one, I didn't feel like I was being used to my potential. Right. You know, in which, you know, it was like, throw the fade to Ray, the bigger receiver, throw the fade to Ray. And I was just like, man, I have skill. I can help us win. So I cried like a baby and I vowed, you know, I was actually on the verge of transferring to Corliss High School. Me and one of my best friends, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, we were we, we were tired of it. We, we, we wanted to be used the way that we need to be used. But I want to say we probably lost four or five games that year. Um, and then my senior year, uh, we we lost the we lost the second game of the season. Then we lost in state against the perennial. Well, they lost in the state championship, and then we lost to Mount Vernon, uh, Mount Vernon, Mount Carmel, in the in the in the uh, in the prep bowl at Soldier Field, in which we kind of looked at that as like a a, a bowl all star game kind of thing. We were just happy to be there, to be honest with you. But right. we we went off. We we finished like the record overall record that year was like twelve and three or something like that. But up until the up until that that prep bowl, I mean, we 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 won probably like twelve games or something like that. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but we we only lost to perennial state powerhouses that year. Um, so I mean, but yeah, it, it was definitely not a uh, a fly through now. Don't get me wrong, we didn't lose no public leagues team. Yeah. <laughs> we whooped all the public leagues, you know, hands yeah. down. The you know some of the best that was out there, you know. But um, but yeah, we definitely didn't go undefeated or anything like that. Well, it's good. I mean, you know, adversity kind of builds character and it helps you kind of build for motivation. Build it gives you motivation to build on for next year. And you guys use that to win the city championship and whoop the hell out of all the public schools. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot from Morgan Park, like. Of course, we cared about winning the state championship, but but you know, in Chicago Public Schools, that city championship is is big. You it know? is, yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it was like basketball at one point where you go through the city if you you know you win and then you go play in state. Uh, but it's it's the opposite. Like if you lose a state, you get to come back down to place in the city. And but that you know it, it it serves a lot of bragging rights in Chicago to win that city championship. And 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 that was I would say that that was probably the highlight of my 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 career at that moment was definitely you know bringing that city championship and, and earning them bragging rights throughout chicago yes sir bragging rights all right man so then and i think they retired your jer- your jersey right at morgan park Did they do that well they they have a they have a uh if i'm not mistaken they had like a 
a wall of fame or something like that in which yeah. um they had they had my thing up there i haven't been there in a long time to be honest with you on the inside um i, I believe it's still there you know one of the old alumni chris james is the head coach now and it may still be there i'm not sure they've done a lot of uh work being done so i, I don't know for sure but you know, hopefully them guys could at least remember, you know, who I was, number 20 at the time. Um, and hopefully I could be remembered there for a long time. 100%, man. And it will, you know, because it's written. <laughs> it was written. <laughs> yes, sir. And talk. So now talk to me about your recruitment process. Obviously, you mentioned you got offers, I think you're junior. Who, uh, which schools were offering and, and what did you ultimately decide to commit to and why? Um, well, to be honest, my junior year, I, I believe I had no offers. I had yeah. no consideration, not even smiled at, really, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wish I would have played varsity my sophomore year, because then that junior year could have been a little bit bigger. But Sure. <clears throat> excuse me, but nothing my junior year. Nothing my junior year. And then senior year, that's why I had to work extra hard, because, you know, I wanted to my, my goal was to, you know, earn a full scholarship to college, you know, so my parents would not pay for it. And so my senior year, when it was all said and done, this, this, this is a crazy story where I didn't, I didn't have any, I, this is another thing. Thank you, froze. Oh, what happened? You there? There we go. There we go. All right. Oh, what happened? I don't know no, you, you, yeah, you're getting good. <laughs> yeah. So the straight, the strangest story is, is this: why, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good athletes in our community in Chicago kind of failed. I mean, around the world, I was ignorant to the fact of anything dealing with the ACT or anything like that. I had no idea it had anything to do with college, you know, anything. Um, so what, what happened was, you know, after that, after my senior year. You know, I had schools coming, you know, looking for me, you know, pulling me out of class, you know, U of I, uh, University of Illinois, Northern Illinois, uh, Wisconsin was kind of on their radar a little bit as far as letters. You know, it was getting a lot of letters, you know, a lot of letters, you know, introdu introductions and things like that. And then a couple of, couple of schools were coming to the school, pulling me out of class and, you know, but no one was actually like bringing me in on visits or anything like that. And I, I would just... I didn't know how anything worked. And so one day, I'll never forget Coach Schaefer. He was, I'm not sure where he is now, but he was he was at Northern Illinois at the time. And he pulled me out of class. We was talking, we was breaking things down. You know, and actually Northern Illinois wanted me as a, a DB, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a defensive back. Um, and so he was just like, well, he's like, when are you taking the ACT? I think this was maybe around, uh, I think like November or something, December, something like that. And I was just like, I don't know, you know, whenever, whenever we have it at the school, because they take it at the school as well. It's called like the, it, well, I took the Prairie State, which was, which was similar to the ACT, but it did not work as far as colleges. Mm -hmm. I did not know this. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, well, he's like, well, he's like, you haven't realized how you haven't been on any visits i was like yeah i, I thought nobody wanted me right he said no he said, he said no school can bring you on a on a visit unless you at least take the act yeah you know like but i took it i took the prairie state he said no that doesn't count i was like wow <laughs> he said, yes he's like that's why we haven't brought you i came right. to see you 
but right. we can't bring you technically. And so he's like, you need to get in and take the ACT as soon as possible. The last ACT test, this was probably like a Wednesday or Thursday, last ACT test until like the following March was that Saturday. He's like, you need to do whatever you need to do to get in so you can at least take the ACT. He said, you don't even have to pass it. You just got to take it just to go and visit. And so I tried, but everything was booked. I couldn't get in. The next ACT wasn't until three days after signing day. Mm. So I was distraught about it. So at that moment, my recruiting kind of fell by the wayside. So I still had schools coming in um, and stuff like that, but I couldn't go on official visits. I couldn't, you know, really get off of anything. So Western Illinois came to visit one time. I don't know. I can't remember if they came to visit or call. And Northern, they were just like, so now it, it, it failed to basically two schools or and some smaller schools. Uh, Northern obviously was D1A at the time. Western was D1AA at the time. And then, you know, smaller schools, uh, D2, you know, schools like that was still kind of around the wayside. But it came down to those two schools. Northern was like, well, we can't hold the scholarship. They, wa- they wanted to give a scholarship. But their thing was recruiting process. We can't hold the scholarship because we're not even sure you even pass the ACT when you do take it. Mm-hmm. And we need to basically have our scholarships out by signing that. Right. So they're like, it's it just, you know, all we can do is, you know, we could, we could, and you know, hope that possibly, you know, you take it and pass it and whatever the case may be. West Illinois said, we don't care if you pass it or not. <laughs> We don't care if you take it. We want you. We offer you a full scholarship. Wow. Without even taking the test. Wow. So I'm just, wow. So all that was on the table. So signing day, uh, come and go. You know, I wanted that day where, you know, you sit back in front of your school, where you had, who you going to go. But my process got so messed up. I'm literally down to these two schools. So I took the ACT. I hit Northern up. I took it. What's up? It's like, ah, we got to see what we got to do. We may have a partial scholarship, you know, a partial or a preferred walk-on. Mm-hmm. Basically, all your tuition stuff is still paid through uh, financial aid, you know, all types type of stuff like that. Western, like, full scholarship is still there. So I was able to actually go on a visit to Western. And when I went on a visit to Western, I mean, it wasn't nothing spectacular. But I like the loyalty that they showed me throughout the process basically saying we're not even thinking about it if you pass it or not we want you and to be wanted you know was was high on my radar so at that point when i went down there with my father i was like you know what we told him let us think about it but my my mind was already made up you know full scholarship four years paid for you know it doesn't get this this was my dream full scholarship to college this was my dream and so i i took it um and went from there. And just the ironic part about it, Western played Northern the second game of the season at Northern. Ooh. Went up there and scored the game winning touchdown and beat Northern at Northern. Like it was, it was so satisfying. Yeah. So satisfying. That, you know, you know, but that was kind of my recruit story, in which, you know, then I'm off in college. 100% man congratulations on that you know you obviously were able to, to make it happen you know and uh, with all the adversity I'm sure that kind of built your mindset to kind of to your point about being wanted and also being shunned right yeah. 
yeah. knowing that that you were shunned but now you're wanted you're gonna you're gonna hit i think you almost shape your mentality to where you're gonna take every practice and every play just as seriously to prove that to prove to western illinois that hey y'all made the right decision right so kind of talk to me about that talk to me about your your first kind of starting year actually yeah, talk me through your college career um, well uh i I, I didn't mention going into my senior year of high school, I had extra motivation too, because I had lost my brother. Oh, wow. My brother was killed in the uh, you know, Chicago streets. Yeah. Uh, that that was extra motivation right. uh, to to you know put my best forward, put forward to kind of go in a good direction, which a blessing like I went to, to school. So it's my my freshman year in college, you know, this is you know, it's still division one program. You know, I went in as a true freshman. And, you know, and I, and to my standards, I didn't think I was performing, you know, in camp and things like that to my, to my, my standards, mm-hmm. you know, cause I know I expect more of myself and, you know, I'm going against, you know, all American DBs and, you know, and, and the, the, the twins, they were the twins. I, um, Vic, Vic and, and Vincent, they were, they were pretty good, but, you know, and big guys, you know, I was, I was soaking wet. Five nine, five eight, five nine, soaking wet, one hundred and thirty five pounds. You were my size when I college, brother. I was five nine, one thirty five. <laughs> five nine. I was like, man, soaking wet in in college. Soaking yeah, wet. <laughs> with all my pads on, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I, I was never a fan of the weight room like that, you know. I right, right. Fan of it, but um, so I thought I wasn't, you know, performing to the to the ability I thought I would. So. I'm thinking I'm going to get red shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went to the coach's office and I'm just like, you know, I know, you know, I'm not performing to the ability. You know, I understand. I'm probably going to get red shirt. They was just like, red shirt. They say, oh, no, you've shown us enough where, you know, you're going to be a, a, a viable asset your freshman year as a true freshman. Yeah. And so I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever the case may be. So, the way it was set up as the receiving core, you know, we had two starting receivers, the flanker and the split in. The the flanker rotated every play, bringing the plays in. Mm-hmm. So technically you had a starting split in that was on the field at all times, and the flankers were basically two starters. They were rotated. Mm-hmm. So the, the second play of the game, the next receiver was in. So technically they considered it like two starters. So I was put in there as the flanker role, as a, the, the guy coming in on the next play. So as a starter, I was a starter, kick returner, starting punt returner as well. Um, freshman year started with a boom. I, my very first college play, it was a, was my first play of the game, which is the second play of the game. Um, I brought the play in. It was a it was a, a deep pass to me on the option route, and I just ran right past the DB and bombed for a 71 yard touchdown, opening college career play. Amazing, a bomb by Russ making the very first play of the game. And at that moment, I said, Is this is it this easy in college? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a 71 yard first play of the game. So, really, that year I was a big play guy and I actually earned all American honor as a returner that oh. year. Uh, I can't even remember as many kicks I returned that my freshman year, but I returned a lot of kicks freshman year for a touchdown, I made all American kick return specialist. Um, but I did struggle that year because. That was the first time me being away from my family um, because I was born and raised in Chicago all my life there. Never, even though Western was probably about three and a half, four hours away, 
It was the first time I was away, the first time I was away from my family after my brother's death as well. Right. So I dealt with flashbacks because I seen them get, you know, get shot. So I seen the incident. So I dealt with flashbacks. I dealt with a lot of things that mentally had me messed up that freshman year being away. Um, they they put me in counseling. The coach staff put me in counseling, which I'm grateful for that. Um, but that was freshman year. Freshman year, sophomore year was even, you know, even bigger and better. You know, we, we played LSU national champions that year. Ooh. Up in, up in uh, was it Death Valley out there? Yeah. Death Valley, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was it was huge. We had we we was number one in the nation before we played LSU that year, and, and I mean it was it was a great year. But then after that, total downhill. <laughs> as far as thing, we got a new office, um, offensive staff putting in West Coast offense, which it was take putting the ball more in the running back's hand, out of the receiver's hand, you know. So you know, I finished all four years in college as the all-time leading receiver, um, and kick returner. Um, and some stats. So I had a successful career, four-time All-Conference. Um, you know, I had a one double-A program. I had a successful career, and and I'm, I'm blessed. Blessed. That's pretty much college. 100%, man. You're saying it's pretty much college, but you set records, bro. You set records in receiving yards and return yards. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty That's pretty, that's pretty iconic. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty iconic. So, I mean, something, something to be proud of. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I, I took it to heart. I, I was very grateful. Um, right. Very good for the opportunity that they gave me, and 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 to put up the numbers like that, me and the running back, uh, my college best friend Travis Glassford, you know, he put broke a lot of uh, the records as well, in which I should have broke the all time, all purpose list, God. but he jumped and beat me, so he became one, I became two, so it was it was, it was a good battle that we were having as far as breaking the records there, because he came in as a true freshman the same year I did, and we played four years straight together. Um, so I mean, I, college was a blessing, and, and it was completely played paid for. So yeah, hundred percent. But you earned it, you know. Congratulations on that. Congratulations on a great college career. So college, high school, great careers, man. You're just setting records and setting the standard, right? So now yeah. we get to uh, around 06. Your senior year is coming to is already over. So talk to me about your pro day. Talk to me about the combine and kind of what what you thought was the next steps for your playing career. What did you envision? At that point, I started I started kind of training going into my last semester, um, my senior year. I was traveling three hours ago, uh, train with Don Beebe, hmm. you know, the great Don Beebe. Um, I trained with him over the winter break. And then I was, you know, trying to travel every week, trying to deal with school and travel every week, going down there to train with him. Right. But, that, you know, that that becomes taxing on your body, right. you know, traveling three hours each way you know, once a week, you know, and you're only able to get like two or three days in, but then you got to come back to school. And so it became taxing on your body in which um, the previous year I had, I had uh, joined a fraternity. So that, that was taxing on your body, <laughs> you know, per se, you know, I would say Kappa Alpha Psi is a non-hazing fraternity, I must say, but it was taxing on your body um, that previous year. And so, I mean, my body was taxed, and I, I was never the fastest guy. Right. You know, I, I had a lot of quickness to me, so my, my shuttle and uh, three cone was pretty fast, but I was never the fastest guy yeah. at my size. So I, I, I ran a horrible 40. I think it was like a four, five, three or something like that. Um, and at my size, 
you know that that you know that's that's not impressive at all and from a, a smaller school you know and and so you know then i didn't go with the right agents you know it was they were they were agents who were pretty much they're good for guys that are already established not for putting their guys out there um so you know it was a lot of things that did wrong um going into it but you know i was still hopeful i was still hopeful that you know picked up somewhere you know a camp body you know in, in which i can go out there and actually show them you know what i can do because i mean my school was a run run oriented school so it wasn't like they passed a lot it wasn't like you know you can really just put up thousand yard seasons you know like that you know so you know i just wanted to get get the opportunity you know so pro day come and go um didn't hear nothing draft comes and goes didn't hear nothing it was so bad that before the draft i was asking my agent like hey don't you need some film so you can kind of put it out here to these teams oh, oh you you're fine they know it they got it they got your film okay well a couple of days after the draft uh, he's calling me oh i need you to hurry up and send me your film <laughs> wow thanks you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this, at this moment um you know, I said it to him and he's like, okay, we got, we got something on the table for Canada, right? the CFL. Right. Um, he was like, uh, matter of fact, I think this was right before, was it right before the draft? Maybe right before or right afterwards, I can't remember. But he's like, I got a contract, you know, they want to sign you, CFL, this and that. He said, but I'm gonna hold off on it because I want to see what happens with the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I'm trusting him. I'm just like, I just want to keep playing ball. Of course, I want to go to the NFL. And he was like, but thing is, once you sign, if you sign the NFL, you can't take the Canada contract. It's a risk you take because, you know, they're signing their players. And if, you know, you don't sign right away, you know, they can move on, whatever the case may be. So we took the chance, waited, nothing from the NFL. Go back to see what's going on with uh, Canada. They already signed their people. So now I'm stuck here. Football's over. Graduated college. What's next? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I really, really envision. I mean, I had a, a, a major major in broadcasting, minor in communication. So I have my degree. But at this moment, um, I don't have nothing looking forward to. I don't have anything. Try to use proper English. I don't have anything to look forward to as far as football. I've never been right. not been on a football team or, or potentially gonna be on a football team the next year. Right. So I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. Um, I get a call from the Bloomington Extreme. At the time they was in a UIF, you know, small indoor league, an hour and a half away from home, saying, Hey, you know if you want to keep playing football, come up here. You know, I I played football for free, technically. I mean, scholarship paid for it, but for free. Hey, you know, we, we paid $200 a game, $25 win bonus. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's all it is. You know, but if you want to keep playing football, get, get film, until, you know, come on. I said, no problem. I'll be up there this week. Right. So I went, signed a contract with them. That wasn't going to hurt anything if I got a chance anywhere. So I got up there and, um, you know, first week I was up there starting. Um, and, I, you know, first time was introduced to the 
indoor game, arena game. Yes, sir. You know, it, it was it was it was um, eye opening experience, and and but it was it was continuing to play football, and it was it was gaining a paycheck in which I mean at that time, fresh out of college, I don't have any bills. <laughs> you know, I don't have any bills, cell phone bill. I think my parents were still paying that maybe. Um, still living at home with them. Actually, two hundred dollars and twenty five dollars win bonus, and then like a a, a gas car because I had to drive there every week. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> the next opportunity. Uh, but unfortunately, what happened in which another time where I cried like a baby in the car <laughs> on the way home. Um, that first game by not knowing the arena game went up for a ball in the back of the end zone. Tore my MCL. Ooh. Against the wall. Wow. You know, because I, you know, I'm not used to them walls. I'm not used to it. You know, I'm just out there playing talent-wise, is out there playing. Yeah. Tore my MCL against the back wall. Never really had a major injury throughout college, high school, anything. Never missed games. Mm-hmm. Tore my MCL. Didn't know what was going on. Just know my knee was messed up. Crazy thing about it, finished the game. <laughs> High motion, <laughs> finished the game, but I was limping terribly. Went, you know, left. I knew my knee. Well, they checked me out after the game. They said, "Yeah, we think you tore your MCL. You know, ACL seems intact. But we think you tore your MCL." So on the way home, because I'm thinking, if I get a call next week from the NFL, from the CFL. I can't, I, I can't do anything, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm hurt by this. And plus, I don't know how serious an MCL injury is, how long you're going to be out. Now I'm not playing football at all. So, so basically it's supposed to be a four to six week injury. <laughs> I missed two games and got right back out there limping and all trying to play football. Oh, no. And I was limping badly. I fake, I fake my evaluation as if I wasn't in pain, making cuts and stuff like that for them to clear me. But I was in pain, and I was out there. And so that that was the opening year of my um my professional career. Right, man, that's crazy, man. It's, it's so many parallels between your journey and mine because it's like you ran a four five three, I ran a four five one. And then basically they said that, you know, same thing, like you are small undersized and they said, you're, you're not only you're undersized, but you're also, you're slow. (laughs) And so it's like, you know, I mean, I got invited to the Sabercast tryout in 2010 and uh, we're going to, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I got my Sabercast tryout in 2010 and uh, then they invited me in for like a couple weeks for the mini camp while they're still joining the AFL in 2011. And uh, you know, but then uh, that, that obviously didn't pan out. Then uh, coach T steep happened. He circulated my film to uh, the Stockton Wolves. Stockton Wolves basically bought me in 20, 2011, and uh, yeah, I tried out for them. That didn't pan out. And finally, the Cal Eagles uh, came, and this, they, they, this, the, and Stockton Wolves, Cal Eagles were basically the same team, but they're part of a league called the AIF, the American Indoor Football Association, right? So I was them, and then, and then it was down to me, and one other guy, and the other guy had a better trial than I did, better numbers, but I, but I showed better work ethic. So they finally bought me in, and uh, then you know, we were able to win three. We went three and two, and uh, we were able to get into West Conference Championship, and and we actually got to the championship game. We lost to Cape for Heroes, but uh, you know I got this as a result of that. So pretty happy about. That. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Congrats. Yes, sir. 
yeah yeah so you know i mean it's crazy because i i totally resonate with you kind of like you know i was also like 21 20 22 um you know no bills you know doing pizzas kind of still doing juco enrollment part-time you know um you know living with the parents so you're just like wow and they pay me eight dollars a game i'm like eight dollars a game bro this is amazing you know to play you know getting paid to play football this this is is amazing Amazing. that's that's exactly how it was for me and and it's crazy because I tell people, I said, I was just, I was born in the wrong era. Because then, five, nine. Bingo. Never. You, say, it. say it. Say it. You're too small. You you can never play in the NFL. You're too small. You get Man. broken. Now, mm-hmm. five, nine, you can play quarterback. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, like there, There's no, there's like no restriction on your size. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, you still got to run fast yeah but there's no restriction on your so now they're not saying oh you five nine five eight you you won't make it no they they're open to all that now you know and yeah. it's just it's crazy how you evolved where back when i was coming out it, it wasn't even thought of a five nine guy i mean you had some you had some that went to the major schools like santana mall sonora's malls you know them type of guys peter ward them type of guys but outside of that they were they, they were not even looked at. Right. You know, you have to be the ideal six one. You know, at at worst six foot. You know, yeah. six one, six two. You know, they that's all they was looking at. At quarterback, you had to be six three and above. Right. You know, so now it's a totally different era. I'm just like, man, I, if I could have got a look during this era, man, it's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how things have evolved. You know, I look at at uh, Russell Wilson and uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, especially. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's they're fast. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get it wrong. But just the fact that those guys are now being looked at as of course they can play in the league. And, well, why couldn't they play in the league? You know, that 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 it, that's mind blowing. And you know, to your point, you know, obviously me too. I mean, this was 10 years ago when I had my kids Sabercast tryout. Wilson got drafted my first and final season the AIF with the with the Cal Eagles in twenty twelve. So to your point, I was also thinking the same thing. I'm like, damn, man, if you know, if if they're drafting little dudes in this era, bro, I mean, like you said, if we got, I mean, but you know what? No complaining. No complaining. You know what I mean? I'm, no complaints. You know, it, yeah, you know, yeah. God does things for a reason. You know, you yeah. don't question them. You know, but I was just like, wow. You know, I, I mean, all I wanted was a look. Exactly. I just a look. <laughs> I didn't even get a look. <laughs> yeah. Just give me yeah. a look. People yeah. ask you all the time, you ever, you know, did you get any camp invite? I, I didn't get a look. <laughs> a look. Like, you're too good. You're too talented. How come I didn't get a look? You know, yeah. like, you know, because, you know, a lot of times, don't get me wrong, speed does, you know, it does enhance a lot of people's ability. But, you know, that, uh, that has something to do with the way you play the game of football. Right. You know, it's still talent. Still talent. I mean, speed and stuff like that has God-given ability. You know, size is a God-given, you know, thing, size, stuff like that. But the way that you play the game of football, it, that it has to be looked at. You know, it has to be looked at. And, and back then it wasn't. It was really right. about numbers. Numbers you know, and size. Numbers, That's Numbers yeah. and size. That, that was exactly what it was. So, But, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm blessed to be where I'm at today. But, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you're still on this to talk about your story. So you must do something right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. good. So yeah, you came back your sophomore year from the MCO. How was that in 2007? How was that? Talk to me about that. Okay, so 2007, uh, that year, 
I actually started getting looks. I started going to open trials, mm-hmm. you know, because at this moment, you know, that, that after that season was over, I came back from that, you know, after I missed played the last few games, this and that. And then I started, you know, now it started really settling in. I've been out of school for half a year. You know, I'm back at home with my parents. It's like, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, like it really started settling in. So, you know, I started picking up bad habits. I started getting a little down. Um, and then, you know, I said, you know what? If no one's going to promote me, I have to promote myself. Right. So I'll never forget. I asked my father for a certain amount of money to go to Radio Shack. That, that shows my age, Radio Shack. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, I'm 30, bro. Don't don't even trip. You're good. No judgment. <laughs> so Radio Shack to go get a tool because my major was, was broadcasting in college. So I kind of knew how to do video editing, all that stuff. I said, you know what? I'm going to get this program and this, this, this thing that I need to get from Radio Shack and put my own highlight together. Right. Put it together. I sat, I, I got filmed from college. I got filmed from that first year in arena and I got all this film and, and I sat in that basement in my parents' basement and for hours a day out and I grinded. It took longer then because, you know, the technology wasn't as, as, as good as it was, as it is now. It took longer, but I hours, days after days with cassette tapes, not yeah, VHS tapes. <laughs> You know, VSH tapes, you know, you didn't have vid swap where you go and just download it. No, videos, cassette tapes, trying to put them all on. Like, it's so much I was doing. Got my highlight thing together. And I just, at that point, I started, I started being my own agent. You know, I started, I sent it to every one of the NFL clubs. Mm. You know, I got, I was just happy to get letters back from them saying, oh, we, we, you know, we received it. We don't, they, you know, they basically were saying we don't do like open tryouts type things and but we'll keep it in, the, you know, in archives, you know, that that type of stuff. But I was just as happy to get it. I sent it to all the arena, AFL teams, the arena teams at the time, you know, because I'm like, if I'm going to play arena, I want to play at the highest level of arena. Right. I sent it to Canadian teams. Like I really went on promoting myself and really, you know, because I'm like, this cannot be the end for me. With, with football because I, I feel like I'm talented enough to keep going. Not only did I do that, I went to many uh, open tryouts, paid my $50, $7,500, and went to many open tryouts consistently just, just, just going to them. I remember one, I went to I went to a Chicago, I think I did probably like three Chicago Rush Open Trials. You know, I went to I went to one in Detroit. I want to say they brought they asked me to come in because of my film. You know, so I started getting some looks from AFL just to come and get do personal workouts. Right. I want to say I did one in Detroit, no Grand Rapids. Drove that was like on a Tuesday. That Saturday, did one in Chicago. Drove all the way to my college, Western Illinois, for homecoming. So my girlfriend was going there at the time on a Saturday. In the middle of the night, got back in the car, drove all the way to Detroit to do another open workout with the Grand Rapids team at the time. I mean, I was I was grinding. I mean, I was grinding. I was paying my money. I was going places. I was really trying to get on. 
And I was hearing the the biggest thing I was hearing, even from the Chicago Rush, was all you know got the got 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 potential, but lack experience. <laughs> lack experience, lack experience. And I'm just thinking like, how am I supposed to get experience on the AFL level if no one gives me a try? Right. No one gives me a try. So, you know, to kind of fast forward a little bit, um, so that 2007 season went back. So I had, I had a workout out in Colorado. So I went out to Colorado thinking on a two-day waiver. I'm thinking this might be it. This might be my break. I went out there and dominated. I mean, dominated. I think they had like Rashad Floyd. He was the, the defensive specialist at the time. I was giving him work in practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like I, was feeling, I mean, they had great receivers. Damian Harrell, Willie Queenie. They had some good receivers. But that's when they were still kind of in a two-way game. Right. And But I was giving him work. So I left there, but I had a game in Bloomington that Saturday. I think my two-day waiver thing was that Thursday, Friday. So my thing was, I didn't plan on playing in that game in Bloomington because I think I'm going to be signed with Colorado. It didn't happen. <laughs> but then I had to get on that flight Saturday morning, not get a contract, flew all the way back to Chicago, and drove two hours to Bloomington to play in that game that night. And then I went and played and finished the season in Bloomington that night. Uh, you know, we did well. That was 2007. Fast forward to 2008, I was just like, I'm, I'm trying to get on the AFL level. So I started going into early morning practices with the Chicago Rush twice a week in the offseason on my own dime. Me and, me and my guy, Chris Golfer carpooling and going up there just to just to practice with them off-season work but they main players were out there doing wasn't offered a contract it was just like you know just keep coming you never know you never know never know so i was learning and then that year um that was 2008 that year they was going into camp my buddy chris got offered a contract with me they said well we got all our receivers stay tuned Somebody go down, we'll bring you in. You know, oh, uh, you know, all them shenanigans. So I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. So at the time I had a job. So I was working in Chicago, driving up there, working in Chicago, driving up there. A week into training camp, I checked my voicemail. It's Scott Bailey, player personnel for the Chicago Rush, this and that. And on my voicemail, I wish I still had it saved. Was it with music to my ears? He said, Reg. One of our receivers broke his finger. He said, we want to offer you a contract right now. All Come right. This and that. Woo! Woo, baby. Oh, I was so excited. I like, this is my break. This is my break. So I went up there and camp, and I balled. I balled and camp, you know, but I, I was I was a one-dimensional player at the time. I was, I was all speed. Mm-hmm. Because really, for one of the workouts I did with them, I ran my fastest 40 at 441. Ooh. So I had developed my speed in that, that period of time, and I ran a fast 40. So really, all I was just straight ahead speed, just trying to run past people. Right. You know, so that was my break. I got a break. The break I won. Training camp, a fair shot. Got there. And so obviously, cut day came by. I was nervous. <laughs> you know, yeah. They told me, they said, if you, if you get a phone call, come into the office, bring your playbook. So that night I didn't get a phone call. So I was just like, uh-oh, this might be good news. The very next morning I got a phone call. Oh. <laughs> hey, 
are you able to um come up because it was it was an hour away it was an hour drive right like are you able to come up scott bailey again <laughs> are you able to come up you know and meet with coach hornsey in the office i say yeah i'm driving thinking like oh man and what what do i have to do to get get this shot yeah so i get in there i sit down with him he said reg he said you've been great you've been wonderful he said I don't know how we're going to do it. He said, but we have to keep you in this building. I was like, huh? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we, I called in to tell you. He said, I don't know how we'll do it. He said, you're a local guy, which which makes it better. Which he said, we either put you on a practice squad or we can IR you. But you're going to be a part of this team. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wow. He's like, it's better if we if we practice squad you because we can sign you at any time to come play in the game. Right. He said, we put you on IR. You got to stay on IR for like four to five weeks and you can't even play. Right. And so he said, but we're going to figure it out. He said, but it makes sense practice squad because you're local as well. We don't have to hound you. Right. You know, stuff like that, but you're a part of this team, just like anybody on the active roster. Right. So that was the first true break. Um, and basically, I stayed with them the entire year, unfortunately, but fortunately for, you know, them don't want anybody to get hurt. Everybody, all the receiver course stayed healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I stayed on the practice squad the entire year. Right. And did not get, get my time to go up there. So that was 2008, which when that was over, over, I wanted to play football. So I went out to Peoria Pirates in a, in a deuce mm-hmm. and played two games up there just to, you know, still play football, not just practicing games. So that was 2008 in a nutshell. Pure Pirates, you stayed with them for two years, or did you go to another team? No, no. I mean, I, if I say two years, I apologize. I mean two games. Two I games. Two games with them. Okay. 2009, I'm like, okay. You know, I done got my feet wet in the AFL. You know, at the time, Damian Harrell, I was backing him up in Chicago. Right. And, I'm, you know, it was, it's not sure as what he was making, but all I know is I, I heard it was a, a – a, a, a two-year, no, it was a, it was a three-year. Ah, don't, I don't let me lie to you, but I felt like it was a three-year, four hundred twenty thousand dollar contract. Ooh. From what, from what I know, I don't want to put his business out there, but this is what I was doing. So I'm like, I just got my feet wet. I'm about to start making some good money in the right. AFL. You know, even if, I, even you know, I think the minimum at the, the minimum at the time was like thirty thousand. Right. You know, eighteen hundred dollars a week. I mean, I'm like, shoot, I'm about, to, I'm about to get there. I'm about to make it. The league folded 2009. Yes, sir. So it's like, oh, man. So then I'm like, okay, what's next? So then the Chicago Slaughter. Yep. Chicago Slaughter out there. Um, you know, they recruited me. They basically recruited the whole entire Chicago Rush players to come out there and play with them. So we went out there. Played there 2009, won a championship, undefeated, won a championship. And that was my first official professional ring. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that ring because I ended up losing it. <laughs> ended up <laughs> losing that ring that year, but that was my first professional championship. Yeah. So 2010 comes, and you, you can stop me anytime. We're short on time. No, we got no. I, I, I got a full hour and a half, like I told you. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, so probably another thirty minutes. Okay. So, so 2010, 2010, uh, AFL is coming back. Yeah. 
It feels is coming back. That's exactly when I got called into Sabercast tryout that year, that that summer. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So 2010, AFL is coming back. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, AFL coming back. Chicago Rush is coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago Rush is coming back. Cool. I'm a, you know, I'm I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm gonna get resigned to Chicago Rush. Uh, you know, cool. Yeah. So that season was going on. It was, you know, and I, I went to shopping my film again. I was like, I ain't taking nothing for granted. I sent it to all the AFL team. Tim Markham, he was with the Tampa Bay Storm at the time. He right. got he received my film. And from my film alone, he called me and he basically like, we want to offer you a contract in Tampa. Now, mind you, at the whole time, not sure if Coach Hornsey is gonna 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 see this, but <laughs> Uh, but I mean, no, shout out to him because he, he taught me the game, biggest mentor I had. I mean, taught me how to watch film, in which I'm forever grateful because uh, I, I I hated film. But he taught me how to watch it, in which I enjoy it, and I'm a big big film head today. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting back waiting on the Chicago Rush to give me a call in 2010. Yeah. 2010, give me a call. I got it, got that from Tampa. But the thing was, I had I had two jobs now. Now I had two jobs. I had a baby. I had, I had a, a son, he was two years old, almost two. You know, I wanted to stay in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay in Chicago. So what I did was, I'm thinking like, well, maybe Coach Owens, he lost my number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe he lost my number. That's yeah. why he hadn't reached out to me. Right. You know, because I know he probably want me to play. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, Coach Owens, this is Reggie Gray. Uh, you know, I, he called me Big Play. Yeah. So, you know, Big Play had came at the time, so i like, because it's big play. Oh, big play, big play, you know. I'm like, yeah, you know, Coach Markham offered me a contract to come play in Tampa, at least come to camp in Tampa. Yeah. I said, what do you think I should do? This was almost kind of giving him the pass to say, oh, Reggie, you know, we're going to offer you one here in Chicago. Stay here. Come play with us. You know, he was just like, oh, Coach Markham is a great coach. Mm-hmm. He's a wise coach. He knows the game. I think it'll be a good fit for you. Go out there and learn from him. You know, I think it's a good thing. Right. I can say my heart was crushed. Oh man, <laughs> my heart was crushed. Like ah man, you know, like like, you know, I guess guess I'm not coming back to Chicago. Yeah. So now I got to make decision. I got two jobs, two good jobs, paying good, and I was playing arena ball, so technically three jobs. I was I was living good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now I got a decision to make. The AFL at the time wasn't paying as much, but they were still paying, you know, decent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I leave my two jobs to chase my career, my, my, you know, you know, continue my career in Tampa on the highest level of AFL? Or do I not do it and I go back and play for the Chicago Slaughter for another year? Right. And at the time, it was the, they had went to the IFL. It was the IFL. So I said, you know what? I'm chasing my dream. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my dream because I, all I all I can think of you just keep working your way up, yeah, and keep going until you get film and stuff and you get to the NFL, right? So I went out there. Long story short, with the Tampa, long story short with Tampa, dominating. Yeah, went out there. They had they had they had they had two returning receivers. They had Tyrone Timmons and, and Hank Edwards. Two returning receivers from their 2018. The other spots were up in the air. I went out there, dominated. When I say dominated, if you go, I think I got newspaper articles. 
the 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 newspaper and stuff was coming to the practice saying Reggie is balling. You know, what do you think of him? Coach Mark was saying right now Reggie would be a starting receiver along with with Hank and Ty. Yeah, he's like he's showing he's destroying. You know, he's doing everything. So I'm comfortable. I'm feeling great because I I know I'm balling. I know I'm balling, but I'm still kind of trying to stay humble. But I'm mm-hmm. like I'm balling. Yeah. Second week in the training camp, Cedric Robinson shows up. Now Cedric Robinson was all time lead returner in the history of the AFL. Yeah. He was on the team in 2008 previously. He shows up. You know, so I, you know, now you start to kind of count the numbers a little bit. They only really hold four receivers on the roster. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, he's the all-time lead returner. His veteran status is going to get him on the team. Right. You know, he came in that last week. He wasn't having a better camp than me, but, you know, veteran status, you know, this stuff like that. I tweaked my hamstring really bad that second week. But yeah. I'm trying to make a team. Right. <laughs> Wrap this thing up. I'm still going out there doing what I do. Second week, still still doing my thing. But the thing is, where every receiver or, or really any player will tell you, when you start having injuries, it takes your mind to it sometimes, which messes you up with catching the ball. Yeah. It messes you up in certain routes, recognize it even because you, I put you know, I know. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it's like, it's not the fact that your hands are bad, but that little concentration is off a little bit because of the pain. So whatever case may be. So I dropped a few balls that I, you know, usually would have, whatever case may be. But I'm still balling out, still getting wide open. So that's cool. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, even if he is there, I'm the fourth receiver at least. Because he just he just quoted in a newspaper article, <laughs> Reggie would be the third receiver, you know, other than the other two veterans. We go, we fast forward days when they have preseason games. Preseason game, Tampa Bay Storm versus, I think, Orlando at the Times Forum in Tampa. I go out in the game. I lead the team and catches yards and touchdown. I had one, one touchdown drop. I did drop a touchdown, a missile ball. <laughs> I want to say from B.J. Hall, you know, great player. Yeah. Uh, whatever the camera be. But I had a great game, but my hamstring was on fire. Right. But I played through it. I was a returner for the game, everything. First time catching the ball off the nets, everything. So, that, you know, the guy's telling me, oh, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You good. But I tell you, at halftime of that game, who was in there getting the physical? Lawrence Samuels, Law Dog, the all-time leading reception leader in the AFL, is getting the physical at halftime. <laughs> and so I seen him in a, in, a, in a locker room getting the physical, and I was just like, Okay, you know, whatever. So I I, ro- I actually rode home with Cedric Robinson. And, you know, I'm just, they like, they was going out that night. I was like, you know what? I'm a, I, you know, they like, man, you ain't got nothing to worry about. I was like, but I'm tired. My hamstring hurt. I just really want to go to sleep. If I make the team, I got all year to to party, whatever the case may be. So me and me and Brett Dietz, who was the starting quarterback, I rode with him every day. We were really good friends. He, oh, you ain't got nothing to worry about. He's like, you're our best receiver here. They veterans, but you're our best receiver. If I'm here, you here. So I'm I'm kind of confident. Man, we get that the next day. I'm sitting there with Coach Ewer, Dave Ewer. He to the left of me. Coach Markham in the back, but he's right there in the front doing the process with him. First thing come out of Coach Ewer, Ewer mouth is, yeah, Reg, we're going to have to let you go. 
when I say my body froze, <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Right. I seriously thought it was a joke because in my mind, I'm thinking, no way. And the next thing that came out of his mouth was what I thought. He said, it's a numbers game. Ah, man. He said, he said we didn't know Law Dog was going to come back. Yep. Ted came back. He's mm-hmm. our returner. Mm-hmm. He says, so now we got all four starting receivers back. Yeah. We don't want to put you on a practice squad because, you know, it doesn't pay much. Mm-hmm. You know, and we got to house you. So we just figured we let you go. Yeah. One of the worst feelings. I could, that was the first time I ever got cut in my life. Okay. First time I ever got cut in my life. So, and I really thought it was a joke. So I was just like, it was like, but we'll we'll get you a plane ticket home whenever you want to go home. I said, I'm ready to go home today. I said, I think it was like nine o'clock. I said, I want to be on that one o'clock flight home. Right. Because I could I couldn't believe it. So they bought me a flight to go home. I got back to Chicago and my hamstring was so bad there was no way I could play football. So I kind of rested for two weeks. Went back to Chicago Slaughter. Went up to the Chicago Rush. Before their first game, I want to say, or second game, and they were playing the Tampa Bay Storm. Yes, sir. Coach Hornsey, everything just there. And he like, they was like, oh yeah, Reds was in camp with him. He was like, oh, well, what you think? What you think? We, I said, he was like, man, we could, we could you, we could have used you all week, kind of giving him the insight on what they run because they right. all they ran was Poco, you know, opposed to a corner. You know, it was about timing. And at the time, I'm like, it's another opportunity for him to say, hey, Reds. Come on. <laughs> but of course he didn't. And so uh-huh. then I went play for the Chicago Slaughter. We ended up getting knocked off of Sioux Falls and IFL. That was the story of 2010. And then now the big break. 2011. Now, All right, let's get into it, Reggie. Yeah, Talk yeah, to him, yeah. Mr. Big Play. <laughs> All right, so 2011 comes. Now I got the opportunity to go back to the Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I, I did my thing with the slaughter when I, I missed like the first six weeks. Right. Because my hamstring and because I was in camp, so I missed a lot of time. Maybe right. four, something like that. I put up a ton of numbers, but because I missed so many games. And I think I led the league in touchdowns or something like that. But I didn't make any accolades because I missed so many games, whatever the case may be. Right. Like, whatever. So, so I'm like, I need a full season there. Again, so I can kind of get the accolades to move up higher. Mm-hmm. So Coach Hornsey left the Russian team. He went to Philly, I think, in 2011. Yeah. Coach Bob McMillan becomes the head coach. Now, Bob, he was he was assistant coach when I was there in 08 on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. So and he seen what I was doing in practice and everything. Scott Bailey was back. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott Bailey had a little bit more player personnel and stuff like that, so so I started doing the morning workouts with them again. Mm-hmm. Same thing in 2008. So when it was over with, and so what happened was Cedric, uh, 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 oh man, Cedric Bonner, mm-hmm. Cedric Bonner, because I, was, I wanted, kept wanting to say Robinson, because I just said Robinson, but Cedric Bonner, he was my quarterback with the Russian 08. Yeah. So he was throwing me balls in practice and everything. He was becoming an offensive coordinator that year. Right. Now it's all aligning. It's all aligning. I'm like, okay, this might be my break. Yeah. So he came out to a couple, couple of the morning workouts, like the last few. 
So he like, man, Reggio, you here? Oh man, it'd be great to have you here. So I'm thinking like, okay, just offer me a, sc- a contract. Right. So Bob and him come and say, like, we got all our receivers. He say, so we out of contracts. He say, but what we can do, we can put you on a two-day waiver and put you on a two-day waiver. And by putting you on a two-day waiver, if you beat any of the receivers out, you're going to take their contract. Right. So it was a lot of pressure. I'm so like, so, you know, let us know. At the time, I was just like, man, if I go to the thing, we got a game this weekend with the slaughter. I'm going to miss two or three weeks again right. trying to make this team, and which is not guaranteed. So I'm just like, I, I went on, I'm contemplating. they like, if you can let us know by Wednesday, this and that, what you want to do. So I went home and thought about it. I said, you know what? I want to be in the AFL. I called him up and said, I'll take the two-day contract. Took the two-day contract. The rest was history. Went in there, ball. Yes, sir. Balling. Took, took, they had a veteran. I, I forgot his name. They had a veteran that was supposed to be their top receiver. He was a little banged up at camp, but I outperformed him. I'm I'm balling. I'm killing the DB. I'm killing him. Now here comes cut. So I earn I earned a contract. Yeah. For, so two-day right. waiver for it. I earned a contract for camp. Here go cut day again. That day come. And uh everybody had to come in. So it wasn't like if we called you. So everybody came in. So I know I, I know I didn't perform well. I know I did well, but once again, this is cut day. You never know. So I go in there. I sit at, I got my receiver coach, Scott Bailey, Bob McMillan. He's in there and there. And I sit down. They say, Reg, they say, we know it's cut day. I'm nervous the whole time. You know, because I'm like, here we go. And he says, there is no question that you are on this team. So I get a little relieved, like, huh? He said, and not only are you on this team, we're looking for you to be our go-to receiver. <laughs> wow. I'm like, what? They like, yeah. Right. We're looking for you to be the guy. And at that point, I took that and I ran with it. And right. as you can see that in my rookie year, over 1,900 some receiving yards. I think 49 touchdowns, another eight, nine hundred kick return yards, a thousand kick returns, another five touchdowns on kick returns, you know, second team all arena, and it just took off from there. Took yes, off from there. Just took off from there. And actually, let me read this to you. We're just gonna we're just gonna say second team all arena, three years straight with the Chicago Rush. All Ironman team, wide receiver kick returner, 2011, his first year. So that's two accolades in one year. All right. And Jay Lewis, small playmaker of the year in 2013. Mm. So three straight years, five, three different all teams and accolades. I mean, phenomenal run, man. In Chicago Rush, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, then doing it for your hometown is no better feeling. Yeah. You know, and 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 the thing was, I was doing all this while working two jobs. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what makes it more impressive. Jobs. So I was leaving practice, going to work. Leaving work, going to practice, like it, it was, but I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. You know, so I, there was, there's no complaints about about that part. And it looks like if I can read the stats, you caught 130 passes for 1969 yards, 49 receiving touchdowns, with four more kickoff returns for touchdowns, so totaling 53 total touchdowns, 
which broke Bobby Cipio's rush franchise records. Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did some damage. Yes, yeah, sir. Thing about it, even with those accolades, uh-huh. I still wasn't getting the respect in the league, which I get it. You know, it could be one year wonder. I get it. Yeah, but you so did it for three, but you, that's three years, and that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay you didn't get respect because now we're gonna talk about the next team you came on, <laughs> and we're gonna and we then yeah. So, yeah. talk to me about the transition. Talk to me about the transition. 2013, 2014. You know, I think you were reassigned. What 2013 was that right? Went to uh, the Sabercats. Yeah, after the 2013 season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me. So 11, 12, and 13 played with the Rush. The crazy thing about it. So this, this is this is the funny part. Yeah. After the 2011 season, I want to say 2011 season, I was obviously I was highly recruited. Right. I was highly recruited. Um, you know, from every mostly every team. The very first person to call me at, at midnight, at midnight that year, was good old Coach Hornsey. <laughs> good old Coach Hornsey, and and it was it was an honor, you know. And I I'm and, and the thing was it was like, you know, I got two jobs, you know, I enjoyed playing in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wasn't leaving. The very next year, Coach Hornsey called again. You know, it was the same. It was kind of the same thing. Um, you know, two jobs. You know, kind of comfortable, paying well, stuff like that. And I want to say after the 2011 or 2012 season, I got a call from the Saber Cap. Mm-hmm. And so, in talking to him, I can't remember who was the recruiting coordinator at the time, but they were like, "Oh, oh yeah, Reggie, you had a pretty good season. This and that. So, um, we're thinking about bringing you in for a workout." Mm-hmm. For a tryout. I said, huh? Say, yeah, a tryout <laughs> to see if you can make this team. Now, I want to say it was out of 2012. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I just put up two consecutive 1,900-yard seasons, two consecutive 50-some touchdowns, two consecutive 130-plus. Come and do a trial? <laughs> Little be known, that was the last time. <laughs> I felt so disrespectful. Right, right, right. So disrespectful, like, like right. what? <laughs> like, now, mind you, I, I, I mean, I knew San Jose was, you know, a, a good, good team. I hated them because I, you know, I hated all teams, all the good teams. I hated all the good teams, wanted to beat them. But I'm just thinking, like, what disrespect? Yeah. So 2013 came. After that season, another monster season. Now I got the real call from San Jose. Now, mind you. My old quarterback, Russ Mickner, was out there now. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, he told him how good I was, how good I could be. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he started the recruiting process. Them, you know, a few other teams. And it came down to them and Pittsburgh Power. Pittsburgh right. Power. Mm-hmm. And now, mind you, this is a tough decision because I've never played outside of Illinois. Right. You know, everything has been really driving distance from home an hour or three hours which college yeah you know i've never so this was a big transition in which i would have to leave my jobs you know and stuff like that you know things wasn't happening with the nfl anything like that i actually turned down the cfl thing contract because i had good good i had two good jobs and playing football so i was making more than you would going to the cfl in the cfl and i had a newborn child so therefore I, I couldn't pull away at the time. But now at this time, my son is almost five. You know, he's a little older. 
you know, I think I stopped working at one of the jobs. So now I just got one job. So now I can I can kind of expand my horizon a little bit. Right. So came out of Pittsburgh, San Jose, and I had committed to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I had went on a visit to both. I had I called I called San Jose Coach Walker. I said, Yeah, I think I'm gonna go ahead and go to Pittsburgh. You know, I made a decision. But the thing was, Pittsburgh kind of put a, a clock on me. And mm-hmm. we need to know something by two o'clock. You know, so it kind of put a clock on me, clock on me. I'm like, okay, okay. All right, all right I'm going to Pittsburgh. Coach Walker said, okay, you know, respect your decision. All right, cool. Thank you. Coach Walker called me back and said, are you making this decision because you want to make it or are you rushed to make this decision? Right. So I was like, man, this last hour, I've really been like, did I make the right decision? He gets Coach Arbet on the phone with me. I mm-hmm. talked to Coach Arbet. Right. And Coach, Coach Arbet, he knew how important family was to me. Right. He was just like, yeah, if you need to go home, you know, after every game, come back to practice, you know, this and that, it's okay with me. Yeah. And so that that kind of touched home. And so I, you know, and eventually made the decision to go to San Jose. And then the the rest is basically was there in San Jose 14 and 15. 14 was an injury plague year. First time I've really been injured other than that MCL injury where I had to miss game. Mm-hmm. I had broke my, I dislocated my collarbone. And I had a bulging disc in my back that 14 season. So that season I missed, missed games and, and, and didn't have the year that I wanted to have. I think I still went over a thousand yards receiving. Right. I think I'm not sure. I maybe maybe came a little short. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it was an injury plague season. Right. But then 2015. <laughs> 2015. Here we go. Crazy how the story is because I'm coming off. So I had back surgery in October. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming off back surgery. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I really didn't have an offseason because I really had to get back. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, try to find a way to get back to play football again. Right. Uh, San Jose did not think that I was going to be big play coming off a back injury. Mm-hmm. You know, they really thought at this point I would have lost a big step, you know, because I'm aging at the same time, coming off back surgery. So, therefore, they went and got more pieces. Right. You know, they got the agent to nail, the Darius Reynolds. Um, they went and got more pieces because they like we, you know, Reggie's not going to be Reggie of old, so we need to, uh, you know, we need to, you know, kind of, kind of upgrade at right. the receiver position, you know, to get people around. Um, DJ as well. They went and got DJ, uh, you know, a few other receivers. So they didn't even bring me out to off-season workouts because they like you stay home, you focus on getting healthy. I wasn't even supposed to do training camp. Mm-hmm. They were just like, still, you come out, but don't do training camp. We're going to have you work on the side to work your way back. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I'm in no type of condition, no type of anything. So, rumor got around to me that they're looking to trade me. Oh, man. Because they think I'm damaged goods. Yeah. You know, my you know, back injury stuff like that. So they think I'm damaged goods. Plus right. they went out and got these other good receivers to replace me. Right. So first day of training camp comes. Now, now this is so so they wanted me to to re, to basically go crazy, get upset, 
for them to have an easier reason to ship me out of town. Right. This is a rumor. Not saying this is facts. These are rumors. <laughs> so I can't just say this is what they completely thought. Right. So, um, so basically, when I first day at camp, Omar Smith comes to me. He was the office coordinator the year before. Now he's he's uh, he's assistant office coordinator and receiver coach. He comes to me and says, "Look, they're looking to get a reaction out of you. Don't give them that satisfaction." Right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm confused, you know, because me and Omar, we actually had a bad year in 14. We right. wasn't seeing eye to eye. Always yeah. coordinator, top receiver, you know, don't like some plays being called. He don't like our <laughs> run for the, you know, it was a discrepancy. So this I respect him 100 percent because he came to me and he said, he said, so they're looking to get a reaction out of you, you know, and they they not sure you can be who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nah, I'm coming out there. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do once they let me, you know, practice before the first game. He said, no, he said, you're practicing day one. <laughs> and so I'm like, now, mind you, I have not ran since the back surgery. Right. I have not ran. I have not tested out, haven't done anything since the back surgery. All I did was rehab on the side. So I'm like, what you mean? they like, you're at a day one. It's like, wow. He said, and you're being removed from the high motion position. And being put stationary. What? Now I've never been stationary <laughs> my entire career. Mm-hmm. So he said, but they're looking to see how you react. They're, they're looking for you to, you know, get upset and throw a fit because you want to be the motion man. You want to be the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. He said, but don't give them that satisfaction. He said, just go to that position and just do you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So at this moment now, I have a chip on my shoulder. Right. Because now. Rumors that y'all was thinking about trading. Y'all kind of, I feel like y'all set me up for not getting into shape and stuff to be ready for training camp uh-huh. to get me out. And then now you're changing the positions. Right. So I'm just like, but you know what? It's cool. Right. <laughs> big, big play going to be big play. Yes, sir. So, long story short, even though all these stories are long. <laughs> I love it. I went out there. And and you, I I play like my life depended on. Yes, sir. I practice like my life depended on it in camp, and I came out of camp the best receiver in my opinion. But they had me at the X position, which was on the ball. All my thing, all I was saying was like, you know what? I'm gonna make the best of it. I'm gonna make the best of it. Come out the gate, I'm an X receiver. I'm the lead receiver at at the X receiver on our team. Mm-hmm. First three or four weeks. We go out to Tampa. We struggled in Tampa. Uh, no, yeah, we struggled in Tampa. Almost lost to Tampa. Me mm-hmm. being at the X receiver. After that game, Omar told him, he said, we have to put Reggie in the middle at some point, at least in the red zone. Right. Because we, because we, I mean, we had got held to like 29 points, 30, 30 points, something, something low. The next game against Jacksonville, they put me in the middle in the red zone, went to work. After that, a few games later, they finally put me in the middle to be the go-to, do my thing. Fast forward, wide receiver of the year. After coming off back surgery, I was banged up the whole year with the injuries. I didn't practice the entire year. Yeah. Like, during the season, all I did was dress and practice. I did, like, warm-ups. 
Mm-hmm. Didn't practice the rest of the year. Didn't, didn't, right. didn't run Scaly, didn't run team. They was like, we have to save you for the game. Right. I got three shots a game in order to play. A shot in my pelvic, a numbing shot, and, and you know, the, the uh, not, what was it? Not cortisone. What what's the what's the what's the pill people be taking? Oh God, damn! You know to get you to play. Yeah, I got one of those shots again. Yeah, so just to play in the game, I had to take all these shots. Corticosteroid shot. Quarter uh, or the who? Corticosteroid, right? It is. I feel like it's called something else. Like a cortisone is is is, is a regular shot to help, but it was called it was called something else. I can't yeah. believe it. it's oh. gonna come to me. Yeah, and I'm a younger now. <laughs> but I take this uh take this uh this shot. Wide receiver of the year, gold arena bowl championship. Let's see. There it is. Bring it closer. Ring. Bring it closer. Let's see that. Hey, look at that. Ring. Arena Bowl third twenty-eight champion, Reggie Gray. <laughs> 2015, baby, and arena bowl MVP at that. Talk to me about that. Um I I have no idea that I got arena bowl MVP. Until they like, until the next day, actually. Right. Like they called me on stage to speak, but I'm just thinking they just calling me up there, you know, because I, you know, help win and help the team win. And the next day, I ended up finding out I got a Arena Bowl MVP, and that was that was a blessing to be the forefront because of everything I went through going into that year and to end it on that note, you know, holding that trophy was was great. You know, what I mean, I think I think it's the ultimate bounce back story because we're talking about your cut in 2010 in the Tampa Bay Storm, the AFL, to five years later winning a receiver of the year and arena bowl and arena bowl 28 and arena bowl MVP. And you know, we've had a few other guests on the show. Darius Prince, um, you may know him from the Philadelphia Soul. DP, that's my guy. You know, he he won arena bowl uh, MVP. I mean, his story is similar to mine in that we're both the same age. But he actually he, he ended up going from semi pro to the pro ranks. I went from JUCO to arena, then back down to semi pro, and then obviously he won arena bowl thirty mates of the league. Uh, Lurochi Quintez, Quintez, he won arena bowl I think twenty six, seven or twenty four. I forgot twenty three maybe. It was twenty eleven with Jacksonville Sharks. DB. Yeah, he's all Albany Empire. But, you know, now we got the man, the myth, the local legend from the Bay Area right here, Reggie Gray, winning San Jose Cats. You did what I couldn't do. You made the final cut. <laughs> I got cut. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, good job, man. I, I appreciate it, man. It, it's, been a, it's been a long journey, but that was that was really just my – that was my last full healthy season, mm-hmm. 15. And then after that, you know, the Sabercats left. Yep. You know, so I, I – but my injury is so significant. I had to miss like the first half for the next season before I went to Jacksonville. Yes, sir. Um, but then I went there as really as in a comp- com- complimentary role, you know, to Joe Hill, Tiger Jones, really just trying to help them win a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, 2017, broke my collarbone, <laughs> you know, so so I missed a lot of that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2018 was the first year with with the Valor, Washington Valor. Yes, sir. Um, and that was. That was a story itself because, you know, Dean Kokinos was the head coach and he, you know, had his guys. And, and that was the first time I actually was coming off the bench. Right. You know, I was coming off the bench, bench for the first six, seven weeks or something like that because, you know, he just pretty much liked his guys. You know, I mean, the guys were good. Don't get me wrong. We had some very good players. Right. You know, when I was coming off the bench, it was a new role for me. And I was a little disgruntled about that because I'm like, you know, I'm kind of healthy now. You yeah, know, like last two seasons, I haven't been healthy, you know. So, 
you know, I want to rock. I came here to rock and to do my thing. And so we started off really bad. And then we lost a lot of people. We lost Nick Davila, quarterback. Nick Davila, Latino laser. Yeah, yeah, great yep. quarterback. We lost him. Um, and then we we lost Rod Winsor, one of the receivers, you know, a legend in Cincinnati. Then Dean ended up getting let go. Yeah. And Dean got let go, new office coordinator, new head coach. And the very next week, they said, all right, Rich, we don't know what was going on, but you right back in that starting lineup. And I want to say that very next week, we played Baltimore, my old team. I think I put up four touchdowns, 170-something yards against, against Virgil Green, <laughs> one of the top, top DBs ever to play this game. Just and killed them. And from now, I mean, because I was like, I, I could have been doing this all year. Yeah. You know, like, like come on now. And so went on. Did I think, and then I pulled my hamstring, and you know, as we get old age, you know, your the maintenance you gotta. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pulled, pulled my hamstring actually in practice, mm-hmm. and then kind of, kind of went through the season, just kind of nurturing, and missed a couple games again, but then basically made all arena that year, and really coming off the bench. Yes, Most sir. Of the year I made all arena because when I came in, I did my thing, and then in the playoff run, I was, I was, I was back to not practicing just playing in the games, but my hamstring was so bad. So uh, championship game, it was doubtful if I could even play in it, but I'm just like, look, if I could be a decoy, I'm going to try to give, you know, my best efforts, you know? And right. so I went out there and, and the mother, young, young guys ball. And then that's when this came about. Oh, there it is. Washington that's Valor. Championship that's when, ring. That's when that big boy came. Yes, sir. Arena Bowl 33. Yeah, that championship. Now this yeah. one is when they actually paid for. It. We had, I had to buy my saber cap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I had to pay for mine too. But you know, hey, it was worth it. <laughs> but look at that. That's it's nice. His memory, his legacy. Um. So yeah. So. So that was that, and then this past year, well, the last year of arena ball, you know, it was more. I took more of a mentoring role. Um, you know, transitioning into the coaching, you right? Know, and stuff like that, and so we end up, you know, losing to Philly. You know, in the first round or whatever case may be. So that was me in a nutshell. Mm. Tried to sum it up as best I could. No, you did great. If we're talking about you in a nutshell, I can read these stats to everybody. But pretty much, you know, your first year, Chicago, 130 receptions, 969 yards. Like you said, back-to-back seasons, 140 receptions, 1930s. Actually, three straight years, 1,900-plus yards and over 45 touchdowns in each year. All right? 140, yeah, 140, 130. Yeah, 50. Yes, sir. <laughs> we had the kick returns that puts you at 50. See, Reggie Gray knows his numbers. All right. Then we go to San Jose. The first year, 86 receptions. Only 86 receptions, but 1,054 yards and 29 TDs. That and then, was, like you was, said, the, the hamstring. Injury. The hamstring year. He had that, that those numbers you put up, over 1,000 receiving yards. Comes back the following year. So 162 receptions for 1698 yards for 44 touchdowns and route to reading uh, arena football league receiver of the year and arena bowl 30 and arena bowl, uh, arena bowl 28 and arena bowl 28 MVP, which just showed us, you know, the ring. Then you went to Jacksonville, 41 receptions, 38, 381 yards, six touchdowns, Baltimore, 70 receptions for 678 yards, 15 touchdowns. Washington coming off the bench, 71 receptions for 769 yards and 17 touchdowns, all second team and champion. And then last year, 2019, before the Arena League folded, 39 uh, receptions, 481 yards, 13 touchdowns. So 
Oh, you also got some passing stats on you too, bro. You got two completions I, for I, two, t- two, two, and twenty yards. I, and two TDs. Hundred percent. Oh, every every pass I threw a touchdown. That's hundred percent. <laughs> and your rating's one forty-seven point nine two. Oh yeah, it should be a perfect passing rate. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's, you know. But now, I, I, like we we always had the debate on on like them first three years because because crazy thing about it, I put up nineteen hundred some yard, almost fifty touchdowns mm-hmm. receiving. And all those first three years, and all those years, I got second team off the ring. Yeah, that just, you, that just shows you. Like I'm, I'm a couple of yards away from two thousand, you know, and and got second team every one of those years. But well, I used to tell guys, they all, oh, you wasn't even first team. You, you, you know, you wasn't the best receiver and stuff like that. And I just kind of tell them, like, well, I also played DB those yeah. years. It was some games I had to play full time DB, so therefore that took away from my receiving stats. Right, and then you got to think about it. I was the main kick returner as well, so some of the times off the net, I have to take a couple of plays off because I'm taking a breather. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but I'm putting up all these stats and putting up 1,900 yards. Well, you look at some of the receivers that put up 2,000 yards. Don't get me wrong, great receivers, Tiger Jones, Joey, like they putting up great numbers. 2,000, but all they had to do was focus on receiving. Bingo. That was it. Bingo. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like. Just imagine if I didn't have to do any of those other two things, what my numbers would have looked like. But it's here, there. You know, I'm just grateful, you know, to be able to even be recognized with the greats in Arena Ball. 100%. You are one of the greats. 100%. You're a legend in the in the sport, you know. Someone who, uh, you know, I read about, you know, when I was playing because, you know, you came, I, I broke an arena, then you then you you started coming to fold when, 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 I, when I was coming up in, in the AIF, you know. And actually, it's funny, your story about moving to San Jose. I had to move to Chicago after 2017, 2018. And then uh, is when I played with the Chicago Falcons, we got scrimmage against some of the AIF teams, like the West Michigan Ironmen and some of these other arena teams, because arena was still obviously big in the Midwest and East Coast. Whereas obviously, as you know, after 2015, arena kind of left the Bay Area. It left the West Coast, you know? So, I mean, just having that experience again brought me back. You know, I mean, that's why I got this boy, you know, conference championship ring with the Falcons. So... You know what I'm saying, bro? I mean, that's what it is. You know, I mean, like, you know, obviously you the sacrifices, you know, and the kind of the pitfalls of the journey make the end of that journey that much more kind of uh, uh, enjoyable or kind of um, meaningful, you know? So what I went through in the beginning, um, you know, and basically what I achieved is it makes it even more better. It makes it better, um, you know, from what you went through. Like, you know, it, it wasn't spoon fed given to me. Bingo. I had to work hard to get it, you know, and as I got older, I, you know, I'm appreciate, I appreciated the journey because I appreciate even more, you know, what I've accomplished. And, and, you know, it's been only technically arena ball my entire career, but. So what? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. Yeah. Like football has brought so much to my life. I mean, football has allowed me to, to buy a house, buy multiple cars, you know, get in the fix and flip business, you know, take care of my kids. So it's, it's been it's been an honor to, to be able to play football and it has brought so much into my life and is, and it's going to continue to do things in my life because I'm gonna give back, um, give back more, you know, as far as my knowledge to the game, um, coaching, you know, things like that. And, and, and it might not be the end now. It might, might not be the end now this whole year. This is the first year I haven't played football since, you know, like I said, since sixth grade and, and I got the itch. Oh, got the edge. And the thing is, I, I know I could go and dominate, like dominate uh, the whole season, put up killer yards, killer numbers. But at this point, I mean, I don't have anything to prove. 
Right. You know, so even if I do go play, it's more of a mentor role. So therefore trying to get guys, you know, to develop their skills even more just in case the AFL do come back. Yeah. You know, or, you know, these other leagues, the NAL or the IFL, the IFL yep. you know, take, 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 take it to another level, right. you know, which, you know, which is, you know, is, is possible and which is right now, you know, you know, to give back and, and I, I wouldn't shy away from jumping out there and, you know, teaching a DB a, a thing or two if they start to talk crap, but <laughs> my days, my days are, you know, are pretty much behind me, but, you know, the, the camaraderie of the locker rooms, you know, things like that. Those are things you miss. Yeah. You know, you can get it from a coaching perspective. So that's always up in the air. But, you know, you may not have heard the last of big play when it comes to, you know, lacing them up. One one, one good time. I, I had a, I have a, a four, almost a four month year old. So it would be good to actually play a game in front of him as well. Uh, You know, to be able to take pictures and him being at the game. He might not remember it, but, you know, that type of thing. You know, you always want your kids to see you play. So. You know, that might, that's a lot of incentive to, you know, lace it up one more time. hundred percent, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you, you obviously have a great fan base who would love to see Mr. Two Rings, big play, kind of do his thing again. You know what I'm saying? So, and I believe you are 10th all time in AFL receiving touchdowns. Am I correct? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Like, 264. I know, I know I'm somewhere in the top 10, the 12, um, in I all believe- three. And, yeah. And, and, and touchdowns receptions and yards right i just don't know which one is which where where you know where everyone everyone are but i mean just to even accomplish that a guy that got cut his first year mm-hmm. you know a guy that was on a two-day waiver to even make it the next year yeah and be, you know top top just to say top 15 all time and are in a receiver dominated league i mean that's that's uh, you know, the South Side kid from Chicago. That's 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 pretty. We made pretty it. Humbling. We made it. <laughs> pretty pretty humbling to be honest with you. You know, and I, you know, I'm 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 blessed. Hundred percent. You know, obviously you've had a great career, and like you said, it may not be over. So a lot to look forward to. And obviously, it's kind of besides the outlook of you potentially returning to play if the AFL comes back or if you want to help grow some of the other leagues where I play, like the AIF or some of my teammates play the NAL, the IFL, the CIF, what else you say? You mentioned you're involved in the coaching game. Talk to me about kind of, are you only coaching pro? Are you coaching high school? Kind of, are you little league? Kind of where are you right now with that? And kind of what's the outlook for that? I, uh, I, I actually coached a year um, in, in, on a D3 college program. Oh, okay. I had coached a year Elmhurst College. Elmhurst, okay, Illinois, yeah. Illinois, I uh, I was there for a season. Right. Um, as a wide receiver coach, I enjoyed it and everything. Uh, latest past year, I was supposed to be coaching out there with the uh, in Boston. Boston with, with the, the Massachusetts Mass- Pirates. Mass- Pirates, right? Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. To, I, I mean, I was the receiver. I was the offensive coordinator there. Okay. Um, going into the year, um, so I went down there for a little bit, kind of input my things, and then you know. COVID-19 hit. Yeah, you know, man. You know, my, you know, it was, a, it was, a, I was office coordinator and assistant head coach, which was big. Right. You know, I couldn't turn down that type of opportunity. I'm, I'm grateful for Mass, Jawad, for giving me that opportunity um, to do that. You know, but as you know, they switched leagues, you know, went to the IFL mm-hmm. in which the rules are different. Right. You know, my last 10 plus years or whatever, a little bit less than that nine, whatever, has been in the AFL rule style. I played in the AFL rule style, but 
you know, I'm not as polished, you know, in that. Um, and so, you know, they, they decided to go in a different direction uh, with someone that's more polished, you know, in, with the IFL rules in which I, I, I get it out of hundred percent. I wasn't hundred percent sure I was going to return only because I thought about playing, right. you know, so when he, you know, he needed decisions, you know, and I was up in the air. Um, and then I'm more comfortable with the NAL rules um, to coach there. Um, Cause it's similar to the AFL rules, but I was going to put my best foot forward in, in the IFL, right. you know, if, if given that opportunity, but, but I even thought about playing in the IFL, you know, to even, gain that experience again to get a better grasp of the rules so that next year I could possibly coach in the IFL and things like that. But to my understanding, the IFL has a, a rule that anyone that was on a, a AFL roster in 2019 cannot sign with the IFL team. Mm. So that is something that's, I don't know if it's a rumor, I don't know if it's the truth, but you go and look at them rosters, there's no AFL players on it. For whatever reason, you know, I don't know, but legally I'm not sure if that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but which is, is sad because football players, you know, we, we want to continue to play the game and we love as well. Oh yeah. You know, kinda, kinda <laughs> whatever, stop, right. Whatever capacity. Stop, stop guys from doing that. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right because you basically discriminate against a group of AFL guys and for a reason, you know, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that's constitutional, you know, but you know, it's, it's not me to kind of take it to the courts or anything like that, but I don't think it's constitutional, but if I get opportunity, you know, could go and play at the IFL, but, um, but from the coaching standpoint, um, that, that is the next step for me. Mm. Um, coaching. I have a good business going on with, with fixing and flipping as far as the housing. So really, really an opportunity is not so much will be based on the monetary factor. Right. Um, it'd be more based on getting the experience and, and things like that, you know, which I'm grateful that football has, has put me in a place financially with my business and stuff like that, where I don't have to depend on football anymore to right. pay the bills. Bingo. Exactly. So I'm grateful. That's why I'm always grateful for football for that. Um, so now I can kind of enhance my coaching career, things like that, based on just getting the experience. It's crazy you're talking about kind of, you know, your current life, how you transitioned to a career with outside of football, right? So obviously, you know, we both played for 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 less than three for two hundred dollars a game at one point. Um, you know, kind of with me and then my mom's like, when are you gonna get a real job after after the Cal Eagles season ended in 2012? <laughs> I went back to school and I found my new career in IT. And kind of to your point, same thing. Football is not – if I play again, it's not to prove anything to anyone because I'm already proven. You know what I mean? It's more so, I mean, you know, because it's like – I mean, I can't – you know what I'm saying? But it's, all, it's, also, it's also because, obviously, to your point, I'm at peace with my with – my, I'm, much, I'm much more established now with my current career that football is just kind of supplementary. Like, to your point, I coached varsity last year for a little bit, gave me some – my, got my feet wet a little bit, you know, working with high school kids. Uh, being offensive coordinator or assistant, offensive assistant, right? And then pretty much if I ever want to get back into it, maybe if COVID kind of, you know, settles down, it'll be the same thing. It'll be just giving back. This podcast, everything, like, you know, just kind of telling stories, giving back, you know, either kids or anyone who's interested to hear people's stories, you know, players like us who actually played at the highest level outside the NFL. So, right. exactly. So, no, no it's really. great. You know, a lot of parallels, right? I like that. 
So yeah, I mean, I mean, that, it it is kind of how it, it goes in a, in the indoor arena world. Yeah, a lot of similar stories. A lot of similar stories, you know, that didn't get that shot and and you know, kind of made a career out of it and you know, and 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 branching off to to new things after after that, you know. And so, I, like you say, I'm I'm grateful to be able to have a life outside of football. So right. so football is really, I mean, because you think about it, we we we're a player for free, right? You know, like, like you say, you know, semi pro. A lot of times, semi-pro, you, you're paying to almost play because you got to pay some time for equipment, stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's more about the love of the game that the reason why you're doing it, you're doing it for the yeah. love of the game. Obviously, if you get paid to do it, that, that's a bonus. That's a plus. You know, but in the, in the world of indoor arena football, a lot of times it's not going to pay the bills. So, therefore, we will go up the street to a park or something and, and, and play flag football. Right. You know, it's something that we'll do for free anyway. So it's like, it's, it's a great feeling to be in a locker room with your teammates and stuff like that. I mean, think about basketball players. It's rims, you know, basketball courts at every park. Yeah. They're not getting paid. They just go out there and just play. Yeah. And that's the same thing with football. We love the game so much. We'll we'll just do it. It's just a little harder to go pay, pay pickup football than it is to play pickup basketball. Right. Because you need, you know, multiple people. Right, but think of basketball. You just you you in a rim, really, and <laughs> you're good. You know. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so yeah. This this coming up year is just more about about getting back to doing what I love to do, and, and COVID has has basically shut everything down, in which it makes you appreciate the things that you didn't appreciate beforehand, like outside. Yeah. <laughs> you got to appreciate outside. You got to appreciate football. And then as far as my playing days, when it's over, it's over. But you know, I can't be 50 something years old talking about oh, I'll come <laughs> back up. Nah, you got them few years where you still kind of you may not be at your peak, but you're not a bum. Right. That's and a big you, thing. That's a big thing. Yeah, you're not a bum. You know, you're probably better than half the players that's still there. Right. You know, and, and enjoy it because when it's over, it's over. It's over. <laughs> and it's over. So yeah, that, that's that's it. 100%, man. All right, man. No, man, Reggie, man, appreciate you spending time and kind of talking, you know, through your journey, your passions, your aspirations. I guess anything else, any parting thoughts, you know, for our listeners or viewers? Um, keep hope alive. <laughs> nah, I mean, <laughs> it's blessings to everyone. You know, New Year to 2021. You know, 2020 was, was, was what it was. You know, it, it you know, it's, it is came, it's gone, you know, it's up to us to do better on a lot of things, wear our masks, wash our hands. Even if, even if you don't believe in it, it's more of the safety of others, others that do believe in it and stuff like that. Because, you know, regardless if it's real, if it's fake, I'm not the one to judge on what's what. I've had family members that actually had it. Um, so I know how real it can be, um, you know, but everybody's personal opinion is their personal opinion. I just say, it's just, it's just up to us to just take precaution, regardless of what, you know, some people don't think seatbelts are, are needed, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's to take precaution. You never know. Stuff like that. Just, right. just make it safe for everyone around us. And, and the more everyone fights against this and, you know, hopefully it, you know, it opens back up and people can kind of enjoy life again because it's, it's a, it's affecting a lot of businesses, which is sad. Um, 
you know, I just I just want things kind of there, there's probably never going to be a regular normal again for a long, long, long time or whatever's considered normal. Um, but you know, we just gotta gotta keep a smile on our face, make the best of it, and you know, and make things better. Bingo. It's gotta do the little things, make the world a better place for everyone around us, you know. That's the biggest thing for twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, so. Thanks for having me on. You know, haven't had, haven't did an interview in a long time, a podcast. I haven't did it in a long time, so I mean, I, yeah, I was a little excited, you know. To yes, do sir. Something involving football, you know, because a lot of times you don't get time to kind of tell your story, right? You know, stuff like that. So I just appreciate you having me on, just to even, you know, even even bring up those good memories. Hundred percent, man. No, that's all we do, bro. Out this podcast, A One Podcast, we talk about everyone's journeys and the best, the best to do it outside of the league. Mister Reggie Gray, big play, man. Hey, Reggie, appreciate your time, brother. Have a great rest of the day. I appreciate you. Take care. All right.